So it goes like this. Nací allá, where the flowers bloom and the volcanoes roar. Allá, where the nights light up y está el cielo estrellado. Pero vivo aquí, where ice is watching, por aquellos que no tienen documentación. Vivo aquí, entonces, algo así como decía Facundo. No soy de aquí, ni soy de allá. I've tried to make sense of it all. I live with the memory of mi querida Guatemala, as I love to roam the streets of Houston. Vivo aquí, es cierto, y hablo los dos idiomas. I can switch like that. Para los que les guste y para los que no. I don't care. I live in the hyphen. Guatemalan American. Nunca me olvido de mi tierra, pero me queda claro el presente. I know where I live. Yo sé quién soy. I am he, quien escucha salsa y le gusta el rock. I am he, who reads and writes en inglés y español. Yo soy el quien dicta sus pasos haciendo estrofas en dos idiomas, con el palpitar de mis venas. Yes, escribí en Spanglish, because I can. I switched on you now. ¿Qué me vas a decir? That I can't write like Marquez, que no puedo escribir como Hemingway, que me queda corto el idioma. Or are you happy I can write in both? Sea como sea, these are my verses. This is the hyphen. Living in the city, recordando siempre mi bella Guatemala. Hey everyone, I'm your host Kevin Munoz. You're listening to the Leo Podcast. And before we begin, I'd like to give a special shout out to my Patreons and my very first monthly supporter through Anchor, Molly Castillo. Thank you all for your support. It truly means a lot to me and it helps tremendously. In this episode, I had the pleasure to speak with Ronnie Ortiz Andrade, a Guatemalan poet, writer, and philosopher who will currently be working on his MFA in creative writing in Spanish at NYU. His work has been published in Houstonia Magazine and the Houston Chronicle and is currently working on his first book. Hope you love the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. My name is Ronnie Ortiz. Uh, Nice to meet you finally. I live in Houston, Texas, but I'm about to move uh, to New York. So uh, I'm a writer. I do creative writing and I'm going for my master's at NYU in creative writing in Spanish. Um, I'm about to publish my first book. It's coming out in September. Uh, It's called El Amor y Otras Cosas. It's a poetry book. And for also my side job, uh, I work at a restaurant as a buzzer. And um, yeah, I mean, wow, see, very... I mean, you do a lot then. <laughs> you yeah, keep yourself I, busy, huh? I keep myself very busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to concentrate on you and the work you do because uh, it's, it's really like awesome. I read some of your poems and some of your writing and it's, you. it's really like inspirational and and the way you write really puts an image in my head. Um, so thank you. <laughs> as a way to like introduce you, do you mind reading like the um, El Alma del Poeta that you have on? Yeah, no, for sure. And you're about on your website. I think that really like uh, kind of yeah, defines you, you right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you want me to read it? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. So let me about. Okay. Entonces. El alma del poeta. El alma del poeta es un canvas abierto, con pinceladas no estructuradas. Es un proceso de creación continuo. El poeta es un viajero sin rumbo fijo que se enamora del mundo y de cada paisaje crea escenarios distintos. Un arquitecto de emociones, un artista, un observador, un amante de espíritu indómito. El poeta soy yo. I love that. I love Thank that. It's powerful. Thank so, you. so tell us a bit about that. Um, Mm-hmm. That kind of so, defines like what, what a poet is and, and how you see yourself. So tell us tell us more about it. Um, I see the soul of a poet as being someone that's very sporadic. Uh, not, not, not sporadic, uh, spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, when I think of poetry, I think of not necessarily having to stick to a certain rule or a certain way on how do you do poetry. Because I think poetry just flows. And when when I'm writing poetry, I don't think about like, oh, you know, I'm going to structure this poem this way so that that's not my style of writing. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of more like, okay, I, it's sort of like 
uh, when I when I write, this is gonna sound completely weird. No, like, go ahead. It's just like everything starts flowing all at once. It's You're in the like, zone, right? Yeah, I'm in the zone. That's right. No, yeah. And it just kind of like flows. So I think that sort of uh, describes also the personality of a poet, mm-hmm. um, which can sometimes be very dangerous. And I How say so? this because, uh, you know, you, you, you're writing from strong feelings, right? So you feel the passion and you feel things mm. strongly, heavily. Sometimes it burns because, <laughs> you know, that's the that's sort of like the, the passion of the poet. Right. Right. You're feeling and you're dealing with these experiences in life. So um, I think some are more outrageous than others, you know, because <laughs> that, you know, I've had some friends that are also poets and writers and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I've, they've told me about their lives and when I see their writing, it's, it just makes sense. Right, right. It's, it's a reflection of, of their lives, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're a guatemalteco, you're a poeta, mm-hmm. philosopher, escritor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think um, like poets are, all, are always um, philosophers or not always? Like in the way that they take approaches or it just depends on 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 the way they approach their writing? Mm, I think it, it all depends, right? Because let's say, for example, I think some people are just, um, they kind of take an instance and they're very good at portraying what's in that instance, not necessarily so much analyze it. Right. And it's, it was kind of hard because when, you know, when I first was writing my, my manuscript, um, my, one of my professors at the university of Houston was like, look, I see what you're trying to do here. Like, like you got talent and stuff, Mm -hmm. but you're putting your mind and your heart together. Mm. And you can't do that if you're writing poetry. I was like, huh? That's interesting because I always thought like um, as a poet, you, that's kind of like what you did, right? You kind of like you, you pour your heart out into like a poem, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, but you, you pull your heart out, but basically uh, you cannot overanalyze because the, the, the mm. way I was writing before is like it, I was sort of like trying to analyze what love was. Okay. It, you know, it's that philosopher mindset sort of like you're always going to have to like uh, when, when I studied philosophy, right, they always teach you how to like think critically of everything, any everything that you're reading, everything that you think, everything like all the ideas are put to test, and it's, that's the one thing I love about philosophy, right? Yeah. So when it comes to like me reading a book or a novel or whatever, I tend to be very critical of like what I'm reading. Because all of my books have annotations all over them. Because <laughs> I, I just like to analyze things like, and take them apart and see them for what they are. So if mm. I don't like a book, I'm going to go hard on it. On my <laughs> <creepy>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I go, I go hard on, on the things that I do. But the thing is, uh, you know, it's kind of like taking that piece by piece. Now, yeah. when you're talking about human emotions it's very hard to actually analyze them because uh, as humans, I feel like we're intelligent, irrational beings (laughs) because sometimes we do things out of emotions and sometimes those emotions don't necessarily have to make sense, but that's, that's the thing. That's the beauty about uh, the human nature. Right. 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 Because we um, say, for example, we do crazy things, crazy, stupid things for love or because we're angry or because X or Y reason. And then sometimes we do things knowing they're wrong, but we, we felt at the moment we had to do those things. 
Right, right. So say, say for example, it, it would make no sense for me to be angry in the morning when I have a bed to sleep, I have like a house and whatnot, but I haven't had my coffee. <laughs> so like <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> but you know, I I tend to be I'm not I'm not a not that much of a morning person. Yeah. So sometimes I, I just need my coffee and as long as I have my coffee, I'm good. But, but yeah. You gotta have a coffee. coffee yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So walk us back a little bit. Um, before, before, uh, I guess you, because you're just you're doing a lot of um, your poetry right now, right? And you're writing. Before all that, um, did you? I know you worked at like a Spanish station and just like in Houston, right? And mm-hmm. walk us through like where how you came to decide like I'm going to do poetry and writing as like i get full-time really right yeah so okay basically i always had this idea of writing poetry well it it didn't start out like that so i lived in guatemala when i uh, up until i was 13 so i was born raised there and then you know when i was 12 i wanted to start a punk rock band Mm -hmm. and i used to play the drums so I was the one writing song lyrics. So you were a writer from from the get-go. <laughs> from the get-go, yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, once once I moved, I had to like sell out the drum set and all like leave everything behind. So I got nothing. And then the only thing that kept me like sane was writing. Mm. And the thing was that I didn't have many friends at that time. So instead of like looking out for like different outlets like some people usually do drugs or other things yeah my kind of outlet was like literature so i began reading a lot Mm. when i was uh like 12 13 and that's how like i came to do poetry so then you know um i always had that interest because you know the the most interesting people that i've talked to they're always like people that read a lot of books and they would yeah. tell me these like crazy stories and how they traveled <laughs> places. And I was like, man, I want to be like that when I grow up. Right. So, you know, and I started reading, reading. And, uh, you know, the years come by. And then I wanted to, I originally wanted to be a lawyer. Oh, okay. Because I always had that idea of like, you know, I want to change the world. Blah, blah, blah. Mm, yeah. And then, you know, as I studied more, um, because, you know, uh, I went to an advisor when I was in a community college. Okay. And I was like, what do you recommend me studying if I want to go into law school? And an advisor told me you should do philosophy. Oh, okay. Because you will analyze a lot of rhetoric. You like, you'll analyze all these arguments. And I was like, okay, I, I kind of like this. So during that time... Uh, I was wild. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> like, uh, I I had a a time where I, where I was a party animal. Mm-hmm. I think we all go through a phase. <laughs> yeah. No, but I got kicked out of school twice. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to that extent. To that extent. Yeah. It, it took me a while to graduate. Um, then you know I was when I got into the University of Houston. I saw this like flyer up on the wall that said uh, bilingual reporters needed for okay. a club. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Um, so, you know, I kind of like went into like journalism without really studying journalism. <laughs> nice. So, uh, I kind of joined this organization and, you know, once you join, uh, it's called EGMN. It stands for El Gato Media Network. Oh, okay. So basically, uh, I did a lot of networking there mm. and a lot of like former uh, alumni are now working for like news stations. Uh, there's a guy that works for ESPN. Uh, he just covered, uh, he covered a Super Bowl. Okay. Um, I have a lot of friends in Univision, Telemundo. So, you know, uh, at the time I had the opportunity to work as a, a uh, street team member that's what they call it and it's okay. kind of like uh the marketing guys that are handing out like 
stuff. Right, right. Yeah, on the street, yeah. giving all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, I worked there for a while, but then I made some good connections. And I got to uh, uh, meet all the, like, reporters, the anchors. Like, it got to the point where I could walk into the newsroom and everybody knew who I was. Right. And I needed no pass or anything because they knew me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, you know, I always kept on like my writing this side, like always kept on writing no matter what, because like I feel like that was one thing that was solid about me. I always mm -hmm. knew like, you know, I wanted to be a writer, not so much a lawyer anymore, because then I saw what went into it. And, you know, like I was very uh, ideological, I would say. Okay. In the sense that, you know, oh, yeah, let's, I'm going to go change the world. I'm going to do these things. Yeah. The, the ambition was kind of like there. But I, uh, I'm similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the thing was, because, uh, you know, this, my family sort of like uh, has this side of like one side of my family was in the military back in Guatemala. Okay. And the other one was, were, full out blown Marxist revolutionaries. Yeah, no in between. <laughs> no in between, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that sort of created like a lot of idealism. I remember when I went to Toronto after I got my green card, because I was, uh, for some time, I was undocumented for a very yeah. long time. And then once I finally get my green card, one of my cousins from Toronto, uh, calls me and he's like hey come over here we got you so he sends me like the ticket and everything and then i go to his father's house first thing i see is the oh, when i go to his father's house at the time it's a picture of che guevara uh all of the manifesto the communist manifesto das capital like i'm like whoa yeah shit is real <laughs> did, did you say anything when you saw it or were you just kind of like taken like a back or you just like i was just kind of taking it back i was like hi jay <laughs> right right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it, was, it was wild um <laughs> something yeah. something different to walk into huh <laughs> yeah, something different because you know usually growing up i never we didn't my dad never really talked about that because he was like um you know like it was something that was prohibited back in Guatemala yeah. back at the time. And he almost got killed once because, um, you know, they, I think they confused them with somebody else. So oh, they, wow. they pulled him out of this car and everybody was like pointing a gun at him. And then somebody yelled out, that's not him. And everybody left wow but my dad told me he was like shaking once they left right because he couldn't like and you know there's also like i wrote this story uh it's on my blog mm -hmm. it's called jacarandas so and it's a it's based on a true story so uh where my dad is the main character in that story yeah and it's about a time where he had to hide somebody from the guerrilla mm. in a hotel because he was working as a bar manager in okay. a in a hotel in guatemala and there was a general that would come by every time and then he found out that there was somebody from the guerrilla there so I, my dad wow yeah okay yeah uh it, it's yeah uh that's it, wild i i definitely um, relate in a sense that it's like was that hard for him to to tell you these stories like were you did he tell you these stories like when you were much older um because my dad was also in the guatemalan military um and he doesn't really talk about it unless like i ask him and then even then it's just like some stories of like he was in a um like an, they were in a tank and then like a claymore um went off and it just like took off the, the tank and then there was a grenade thrown in and and he got yeah. like the 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 pieces like uh, the shattered the the excess right of the of it like blew up mm -hmm. like close to him so i mean he he's had some stories as well like was that yeah how was that experience for you i mean 
My dad, uh, he he was honestly, I don't think he like shied away from telling me stories. Yeah. Um, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't per se in the military. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in the military. He had like a lot of friends in the military. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think uh, it was my grandpa that was in the military. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because my grandpa grew up as an orphan, and then mm-hmm. he worked in the military for some time, and then he was out. But then um, my dad had a lot of friends in the military, and obviously part of my family was for full blown out Marxist revolutionaries. Yeah, and he told me like one time because uh, you know he the, the, the military was looking for my part of my family so he snuck them out as a coyote wow and, and took them to mexico basically risking his life yeah. for the family well even though he, he didn't believe in the communist cause because he told me like the story that where one of my well um I, I don't know if I would call it Theo anymore, but well, my family th- friend, th- you call it Theo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, one of my Theos uh, took him to like this communist meeting. And he, my dad was like, why are you taking me here? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be part of this. Like, I don't, I want to have nothing to do with this. Right. Because my dad was kind of like, sort of like in the middle. He was like <laughs> in the middle, literally. Because, you know. Uh, during the 80s, he was he was actually friends with Vinicio Cerezo, like okay. president yeah. back then. And he even knew like his lover and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Because he would like, my dad, my dad loved cars. So, <laughs> you know, back then he had a Camaro mm-hmm. that he would lend him so he could take like his lover. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> he was close, close then. <laughs> yeah, he, was close. he was like, "Yeah, just take my car, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, imagine that! Oh. No, no, no. It, uh, my dad had a lot of crazy stories, so yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, it's only natural that I pulled from him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was gonna ask you. So, so is this where you pull like your inspiration from? Just like real life um, uh, events, and just kind of what what you're going through either at the time or maybe uh you've some experience yeah definitely most of the things that i write um especially when it comes with poetry um they're from personal experiences strong emotions i've felt maybe stories that i've heard uh over and then i just kind of you know that's the thing with fiction too so i like to write short stories here and there like just taking the fiction changing things up a bit but that's the the fun part of it the fiction right um but yeah i mean most of what i do is based on real life and there's a quote from gabriel garcia marquez that i really like i'm just gonna say it in spanish because i I oh yeah we speak english and spanish here go (laughs) la vida no es lo que fue, sino como uno la recuerda y como vive para contarla. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's how you, it's how you, yeah. How you live your life, right? How you live your life and how you live to tell it. So that's, that's the, I think that's the beauty about writing, right? Mm-hmm. That you sort of, you sort of can reinvent yourself and, or rearrange certain things. Yeah. I mean, you also want to stick to reality, but you know, so it's good to, there's, it's like an endless sea of options that yeah. you can go about when writing a story or writing poetry, I think. The, the thing with poetry is I feel like it's, it's sort of like very strong sentiment behind it. And it's sort of like, you know, cause I don't think my poetry is too long. No, I read it and it's it's not that long. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that long, but the thing is uh I think it sort of has like a message. It definitely does, yeah. In each one. Sometimes I don't even like think about the message or maybe I'm just asking myself a bunch of questions. <laughs> like, you know, that's a philosopher part. <laughs> right. Not nec- I'm not so interested in like leaving people with 
an answer. Mm. Because I feel like I like that. I like that. It's kind of like interpret. They can interpret it right. Yeah, they, in their they own can way. Their own way. I'm. I'm by no means, uh, like a person who knows everything in life. Matter of fact, I'm. I know nothing according <laughs> to like Socrates. The only thing I know is that I know nothing. You know, <laughs> I, I, I dis- dislike people that sort of have this idea of like, oh, I'm a writer. So like, you need to respect me yeah. and you need to listen to what I have to say. I'm like, no, you know, that the fact that I'm a writer doesn't mean anything. Right. I might be good at one thing. That doesn't mean I know. Uh, like there's a bunch of other stuff. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I feel like uh, as a as a writer and as a philosopher, I do not have all the answers. However, I think it's important to ask ourselves the right questions. You know, so like, I'm not going to tell you what's good and what's bad. That's up for you to decide. Because I'm, I'm it by no means like I hate those uh, sort of like moralists that mm. are like oh this is what is right and yeah. this is what is wrong and if you do this you are bad or right like that and i'm just like man fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yeah right it's like how are you gonna tell someone like yeah to be a certain way or to live their life or to, yeah how are you gonna tell someone how to live their life like yeah that's that's their life to live not yours <laughs> like exactly. so it's i noticed like- uh, oh, yeah, go on. Yeah. No, it's just like, you know, I hate that because I feel like I can, like, I, I can give you advice, of course. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to uh, let you into, like, a full path that's going to be um, damaging for your life. But at the end of the day, it is you who makes the choices. Right. And you know, I, I feel like sometimes we, we lack that understanding. Because sometimes we just see people and just kind of like uh, we, we're quick to judge sometimes without necessarily understanding how they came to that position. So, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. And, that, and that's kind of, kind of ties back to what I was saying earlier. We're intelligent, irrational beings. <laughs> One of the common themes that you write about is love. And, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite poems that I read was from like 2019, um, which is like, if love was a plant, uh, because I, <laughs> I thought that was like a great way to um, put it. Um, yeah. Do you mind like reciting that for us? Oh, no, I don't. I, I, don't definitely, I definitely want to have you reciting as many as I can, because there's there, it's such good. Like, I, I love the, your, your writing style. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, of course. I tend to not hear that a lot from my English poetry. Really? But yeah, I, I appreciate that. Well, I like both, so. <laughs> so if love was a plan, would you let it wither? Would you nurture it each day? Would you let it bloom? Or would you let it die? Alone and forgotten. Do not leave our love. What took a lifetime to build slowly decays and fades away. At the leaves in the fall, everything inside dies. The iridescent coloring of fall is so beautiful, yet so sad. And in this pain I dwell. Would we withstand or shall we fall apart? Have my prayers reached the skies or are yours the same as mine? Bombarded by my thoughts, I stand left alone in despair. My love mourns. You seem to care. At times, at times you forget. How to, how do I heal my broken heart, shattered and splashed? A disarray of thoughts cloud my sight, and all I see is me picking up the pieces you left. Will our love wither or withstand? You tell me, my love. <laughs> yeah. So, so- that- yeah, tell us what you were going through in this stage of your life when you were uh, writing this. I was in a, I was in a bad relationship uh, at this point. And it's funny because she was Guatemalan too, okay. um, but she spoke no Spanish, uh, completely 
different mindset than I am. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about my uh, tell us. political views and whatnot. <laughs> you know, uh, by definition, I think I would be called a liberal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay you with and that. I both, I guess. <laughs> then, <laughs> so um, you know, obviously, yeah, I, I feel like I'm more understanding of certain things <laughs> and i i don't have such a problem with like gay rights or any anything uh and i tend to look at things very different now the girlfriend that i had at the time was somebody who was from guatemala but had no guatemalan culture because she had been adopted okay so she grew up in a very white conservative household like pro guns pro trump pro everything oh boy <laughs> yeah and i was in uh, i was kind of like in this relationship going back and forth and then she told me that love was like a plant and then i was just kind of like hmm and i kind of started thinking about it at that time the philosopher you are yeah <laughs> i was like if, if love was a plant, then, you know, because you have to nurture it, you have to let it grow. But I think it's a kind of like a mutual thing, right? Because it's once you're in a relationship, it's kind of like 50-50. You give some things and the other person gives some things as well. Right. It's, it's not a one-way street. Mm. But uh, that was sort of like what I was going at the time. And I was like, is this love gonna withstand because you know that's the thing about me like uh i think i fall in love too quick sometimes yeah or would you say you're a hopeless romantic i would say so yeah yeah <laughs> but at the same time i i don't know like it's it's weird right because I, I feel like i'm a hopeless romantic but at the same time i can be very cold okay and you know it's because a lot of people tell me that like oh my God, you're like, you can be very cold, but you write this really nice things, but you're an <laughs> asshole. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's just the human nature in all of us though. I think we all human- have that side, right? Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic, but the thing is uh, I tend to fall in love pretty quick and all these emotions that I feel like are strong. Mm-hmm. So I try not to like, fall into it because you know uh for me there are certain things that will trigger me okay. in such a way like in in this instance i think I, I was just i was looking for love or i like the idea of love i wasn't yeah. necessarily in love with this person okay and differentiating that it's takes a while because you know sometimes you you might be caught up in lust mm. and it's and so it's, it's it's easy to confuse it with love and it's like oh yes you know like this is so good this is happening but then you kind of sort of like take yourself back and you're like okay is this really what i want is this really love and i mean i don't i don't tell anybody just to like not do anything you know and be saints or whatever like yeah. no like you, if you're gonna enjoy yourself enjoy yourself <laughs> but like the thing is uh, also be mindful of your mental health of the other person's mental health yeah because that that plays a lot into like uh um uh, I, I feel like that plays a lot into in today's society right so we're bored. We can download Bumble, Tinder, you name it. Right, right. And boom, you have the options right there available for you. But it it's not so natural. Yeah. And once some, and sometimes you, when you do things quick, they tend to end pretty quick too. Mm. I feel like... Uh, a lot of people just kind of like are with someone because they feel bored, they feel alone. 
or uh you know have these things that not necessarily have like a fling right yeah yeah a fling or they're not necessarily in love and sometimes when i talk to people about love like the reaction is like ah they get pissed (laughs) like if i just insulted them (laughs) you know it's weird um in this in this uh era where like everything's online right yeah how do you differentiate like lust over like love you know when all you see is kind of the lust part on social media right you know what yeah I mean? yeah because i mean i can see a girl shaking her booty <laughs> right something like that yeah so i think love comes uh very naturally as human beings that we are um you know even though we have these things like technology and all these things at the end of the day we're still human so you know one of the things that is kind of confusing i try not to be too involved in my instagram or social media <laughs> because i read this book called digital minimalism okay it basically talks about how um you know our brain reacts and how we as humans are sort of these social animals yeah so you know whenever we post something we like something uh and we get a response back there's a dopamine that yeah yeah and it 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 makes you think like you're actually interacting with people Mm. but you're not like it's not that real human interaction because when you have that real human interaction it's completely different you know i can dm a girl or talk with somebody on instagram but it doesn't compare to like having a drink with somebody or like going out for lunch or like doing all these things yeah because it's it's different but um i think that's a that's one of the things about love right yeah sometimes we might believe we love somebody or like this person is unique or this person is what we dream for or what we dream for. But in reality, we don't really necessarily know that person that well. Mm. We kind of ignore the fact that that person is just a human being like us with many flaws, but just like us. So we, you know, whenever you're in love, that's como pendejo. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like watching everything goes with butterflies and shit and then you went once you actually get to know that realization like who this person is and how they act and how they actually interact with you um you know then you you sort of take that choice and then you can decide like once you like see a person and then you're like oh you know like despite their flaws yeah you're willing to put in that effort. I think that's key, the the effort part. I think that's what a lot of relationships lack. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to your to your plant poem. Um, yeah. If love was a plant, right? Like you you both have to put in the the amount of work. Um, yeah. You both have to to water the plant, right? To to grow it. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that's what's what's. Um, a lot of relationships slack um you know it's 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 a 50 50 it's 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 not one takes all right kind of thing right yeah so another thing i wanted to transition into is was <laughs> just uh your other poem that i liked a lot um mm-hmm. which was the the intricate universe because i think this really highlights like your your philosophical, philosophical. aside and and you can recite that for us if, if you don't mind yeah, I don't mind. Absolutely, man. The intricate universe. Yeah. Connected among the stars lies the connection of our puzzle universe. Some watch from afar. Others dream of being there while others rest above the clouds. How many centuries have there been? How many stars can I see? Through trial and error, we gaze from afar, wondering how it all came to be far, far above, farther than the clouds farther than the sun where we discover there is more everything then seems in disarray 
but what do we know? What do our, where do our paths cross? Where do our souls meet? When we gaze above, where do we stand? Are we all connected? Is it all relative? Where do we intertwine? In this beautiful, intricate universe where we all collide, I hope to find love closer than the stars. For those who wander, for those who gaze, I hope you find everything that is so vast, so far, yet so simple, so close. That is my perception of the universe. So when I was when I was sort of like uh, doing this poem, I was kind of thinking of like how small we really are in this universe, right? If we look ourselves, like if we're able to look farther, we realize that we're just tiny specks, particles in a vast universe, right? Mm-hmm. And there was um, uh, there was this philosopher, Bertrand Russell, uh, who said that once you make your your interests wider, uh, you, you become more happy because you, you don't necessarily focus so much on the self, but are focused on like being part of this universe as opposed to like, it's just me. Yeah. We tend to be very individualistic, especially in Western culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like we just tend to be like... Uh, everything's about me everything's about that 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 and that's sort of like one of the things i see a lot in from people now Uh, a lot of people tend to be very self-absorbed in their own image or uh what whatever it is that they're trying to do yeah sometimes they tend to look down on people because it's like oh you know i wouldn't do this or blah blah yeah and it's like no i mean we're all just these little specks on the earth, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, we're all these little specks like, on earth. Like, you're no bigger than I am. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that's, that's the thing that I'm saying though. Say I'm a writer and you, you're a podcaster and you talk, you tend to talk a lot about finances mm-hmm. and investments, stocks and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to learn about that. That's a skill I don't have, but you do have, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, like that's what i'm saying though like a lot of people you know i feel like we we come to be so superficial sometimes yeah and people just tend to put other people down and i was talking about this with a friend because like say for example she had a lot of friends that were engineers okay and they would tell her like oh you're studying spanish like you're stupid Mm. so it's like um I mean, they might be able to build things or do these mathematical equations. However, they cannot tell you how they feel. Or speak Spanish. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Leave that alone. Or how to communicate well on an email. Mm. You know, that's a skill a lot of people lack. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, well, you can do all these things, but you cannot do these simple things. That's because IQ is not measured in a way, you know, I might have a huge mathematical IQ. Doesn't mean my musical IQ is super high as well. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just, you know, the people, I think we're always as humans and that's where I come back to the things. Mm -hmm. We always try to classify, analyze and, put things into categories right but but as humans we're more complex than that and that's what i like about human interaction you know yeah because we're just uh we're unpredictable in a way i mean sometimes you get (laughs) might get to know a person and you might uh guess their reactions or whatever yeah after you know them for a long time but um I feel like at the end of the day, that's that's the beauty of it, you know. Like we have this, uh, we can change. So a lot of people have told me that, like, no, we cannot change. That you know, we we always remain the same person. Yes, 
maybe that's that's another philosophical debate though yeah like, are we the same but like but change did we have we never changed mm. or can we evolve over time and become totally different person than we were before see I'm, our- on, I was gonna say, see I'm on that end of the spectrum I feel like we're always changing the, and that's something I had I had a discussion once uh with a friend and she was telling me like, no, we cannot change. You're always going to be the same person. I'm like, I, I, I disagreed strongly with that statement. Mm-hmm. So I feel like our experiences shape us and we become to have different understandings of things. Agreed. And that comes with maturity as well. But, you know, it's, it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's part of what what I love about podcasting as well is that human interaction getting to meet people, uh, you know, especially when I do interviews, um, yeah. and people like yourself. And I love to bring on all types of people, you know, especially, uh, yourself, very different from all my other guests, a writer, a poet, philosopher. Um, but I love it because, you know, I love to also, aside from learning like financial things, mm-hmm. my, I love to expand like my my uh, mental right. capacity and just view of the world because I think the yeah. more we do th- that, the more um, that not only we grow, but we can apply as well. Like I can apply any type of thing to back to like finance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you yeah. can apply those things in real life skills, just the way that you perceive the world. And, yeah. and um that's what I love about your writing too, is just that that's how I um, like you give us these visuals and, and it gets you thinking. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what I like to do. Think. I just like to think in all yeah. different ways. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Like, I mean, I think that we, we come to like the society focuses more on like efficiency mm. getting shit done. Right. Right. Uh, schools, they, also, they always spend more money on math, science, and technology. Because mm-hmm. these are the things that generate money. And these are the things that uh, sort of, um, you know, drive sort of a nation forward. But then the, they tend to forget the humanities, of course. Yes. Because, yeah. and, and I think humanities are very key and essential to our understanding of human beings because you know we're so focused on progress 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 but we don't necessarily focus so much on ourselves and like that and that's where i kind of see a lot of this mental health problems playing out i see a lot of people tell me they have anxiety a lot of people tell me they have depression um and you know they just they sort of like put it under the rug or you know are taking medicine or pills and yeah. it's kind of like, okay like i'm i'm going to work and be efficient now and yeah. it's like that's that's not healthy <laughs> right and it's not going to help you and if you try to like drown it in alcohol or other substances you know it's it's just not good mm-hmm. i feel like we we sort of like praise this culture of like oh i'm in a hustle i'm busy 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 and i'm like no one should always take time for oneself and, you know, just take a moment, breathe and be thankful for what you have. Cause you know, everything's going so fast that you might not. Yeah. You don't know if we, we have this day. Yeah. That's one of the biggest fears is <clears throat> moving too fast in life. That I'm not going to have uh, like enough, I'm not going to notice like my little brother. I have a little brother. Like yeah. the, the, maybe I should be spending more time with like my little brother instead of doing more work on like some certain thing because he's, he's gotten so big already. Like yeah. I was like, you were a baby like yesterday. And it's just like, you know, there's, it's, it's important to kind of like, like you said, like slow down and, and just kind of live in the moment at times. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's easy to get distracted with these things. 
because you know you have all these options available like say instagram <laughs> tiktok or i do not own a tiktok uh, I, I sort of refuse <laughs> i'm like no it's addicting uh, don't do it <laughs> yeah that, and that's that's the reason why yeah specifically because mm-hmm. it's addicting i hear a lot of people are like oh yes i've seen so many videos and i spent like an hour watching like tiktok yeah and i'm like Ooh, no <laughs> like <laughs> i'm already trying to cut down on instagram because yeah. i feel like that's the thing that i use the most not so much facebook because facebook honestly i just post memes <laughs> there's nothing serious about my facebook memes from from the family to the family <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah so, i mean yeah uh so i wanna uh, yeah uh-huh. go ahead no no go ahead i was gonna say i wanted to give you an opportunity to share your your favorite or or your top um writings that that you want okay um, um could be so either what, in spanish or english doesn't matter so there's this one that um actually it is being read like like my professor used this poem for one of his classes oh, okay at the university of houston when teaching literature oh that's awesome and this one's called el hyphen el hyphen okay so it goes like this nacia ya where the flowers bloom and the volcanoes roar allá where the nights light up, y está el cielo estrellado. Pero vivo aquí, where ice is watching, por aquellos que no tienen documentación. Vivo aquí, entonces, algo así como decía Facundo, no soy de aquí, ni soy de allá. I've tried to make sense of it all. I live with the memory of mi querida Guatemala, as I love to roam the streets of Houston. Vivo aquí, es cierto, y hablo los dos idiomas. I can switch like that, para los que les guste y para los que no. I don't care. I live in the hyphen. Guatemalan American. Nunca me olvido mi tierra. Pero me queda claro el presente. I know where I live. Yo sé quién soy. I am he, quien escucha salsa y le gusta el rock. I am he, who reads and writes in English y español. Yo soy, el quien dicta sus pasos haciendo estrofas en dos idiomas, con el palpitar de mis venas. Yes, escribí en Spanglish, because I can. I switched on you now. ¿Qué me vas a decir? That I can't write like Marquez. Que no puedo escribir como Hemingway. Que me queda corto el idioma. Or are you happy I can write in both? Sea como sea, these are my verses. This is the hyphen. Living in the city. Recordando siempre mi bella Guatemala. Wow, that's easily elevated to my favorite one. I'm not going to lie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that, especially because you did it in English and Spanish. And that's like yeah. the whole concept. Tell us about that. Well, so I had I, so I'd taken this class at the University of Houston, and we sort of talk, uh, talked about the identity of the hyphen. And, you know, one time I actually made a, made a poll on my Instagram mm-hmm. and uh, where I asked people what they thought about Spanglish. And... Uh, the response was usually Spanglish is stupid. Like people who speak Spanglish are stupid, blah, blah, blah. However, studies show that when you actually speak Spanglish, it's because you, you're very well aware of two languages and you're doing the code switching. And code switching sort of requires certain grammatical rules that are unspoken. Mm. So it's kind of like when you when you speak when you kind of code switch, you tend to say half of your sentence in English and half of it in Spanish. You cannot just do like, uh, like a fourth Spanglish and a, I don't know. It it's it's interesting actually how the yeah. the human mind works. So you know the. the when I, when I was getting all these messages about this negative connotations of Spanglish, I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, so, I mean, I am obviously, I was born and raised in Guatemala. And, you know, a lot of Latin Americans tend to look at the Latinos here like, oh, these Latinos are trash. Because, mm-hmm. like, they can't even speak Spanish or they can't even speak English. Because, you know, 
people in school in the school system bastardize them it's like if you're speaking spanish why are you speaking spanish and then you judge by both like, too you know yeah and then it's <laughs> sort of like you go to the university and they're like oh you need to speak another language because then you get paid more mm. so i'm like man this is so much bullshit <laughs> you know so when when i started getting all these negative responses i was like I can't be okay with this. So I'm going to start writing something in Spanglish. And I was kind of like sort of taking back my identity and like the things and who I am, kind of like an exploration, right? Mm -hmm. So I live here, but I don't feel from here. And I'm from there, but I don't necessarily feel from there. Yeah. So I like... I can relate with that. And I think I feel like a lot of undocumented people can as well. Yeah. And that's so just that's, the whole thing. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, that's just like the whole thing with, um, two is just like, uh, if, if like I'm under DACA, I'm a DACA recipient and, and a lot of undocumented people too. And then or that have been like, you know, like yourself as well, that it's just like, if you get deported or sent to your home country, it's just like, well, all we know home is here. Mm -hmm. Um, home is there too but now we're strangers in that home because of the way people will like perceive us you know exactly so I mean, yeah, go yeah. On. no i mean it's it's just something very unfortunate right the, having these conditions to live in mm -hmm. and you know it's something that i don't ever shy away from because it's like yes now i'm a citizen but i cannot ignore the fact a lot of people are suffering from not being able to see their family or, you know, going back to their country or coming back and forth and having this duality like I do, you know? So when it comes to immigration, I obviously I'm biased. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, <an immigrant. laughs> <Same. laughs> uh, I'm always going to support immigration because that, you know, sometimes I see people like, even like own Latinos being like, oh yeah, but they need to come in the legal way. And I'm like, I know I hate when I, I hate that. I hate that. And it, it's just like, it, so it unfortunate. Really angers me because it's like, there's no understanding from you. Like what led these people to move out of their country. Mm -hmm. Everybody's mm -hmm. looking for a better life. It's not, they didn't intend to come here, especially, you know, uh, well, kids, you know, when I was 13, I, I didn't go on a plane. It was like, yeah, I'm going to move to the U.S. because I want to. Yeah. That was my family's choice. I was just going with it, you know. Mm -hmm. And this that's the thing, though. It's like I feel, I feel like we need to be more understanding of that. And that's something I'm never going to, like, ignore. Because I feel like it's part of me. It's it marked me in such a way that I cannot yeah. ignore that fact. Now, what I want to do, sort of create that bridge between the Latinos from Latin America mm -hmm. and Latinos here, because, you know, uh, there's obviously a lot of like differences when uh, there is differences and there's similarities, but, you know, uh, Latinos here tend to, get the short end of the stick mm -hmm. always either you're you don't know how to speak english well <clears throat> you don't know how to speak spanish well um that creates or that's that's what people say not, not that i'm saying that <laughs> um so that creates a lot of um how, how could i say this insecurity kind of okay insecurities and that's why a lot of latinos tend to drop out of high school yeah because they feel like they're not worth it they're not intelligent and that is a lie because i've actually i took a course my last semester of school uh talking about like education like bilingual education yeah and talking about the difference between l2 learners which are people that uh, mostly Caucasians that, uh, you know, they learn a second language here mm. and the difference between teaching uh, heritage speakers. Okay. So basically a heritage speaker can uh, understand uh, what you're saying orally, 
you can tell them something and they process the information. Right. You tell an L2 speaker and they're like, what? But the thing with that L2 speakers have is that they have a more grammatical structure. Okay. As opposed to heritage speakers. You give them like texts or stuff like that. And it's a little bit harder for them. Yeah. They can understand everything, but it's, it just takes a different learning approach. So you're kind of like teaching them backwards. Mm, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to L2 students. And sometimes uh, the system tends to favor L2 students over heritage speakers. So that's where uh, a lot of uh, some, some people are fighting for that, like for those changes in education and, uh, you know, the different learning approach for this heritage speakers. That's very true. And then um, I think that goes back to you saying like, we're seen as like less, uh, just like seen as less educated, right? Because <laughs> while like maybe some of us can't like write it fully, we can comprehend it like yeah. instantly, like process the information faster. Yeah. Um, and that's just, it's it's just how do you, that's just unfortunately the way that's viewed. You said like the L2 is what is what's more preferred. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, there was this meme <laughs> on this page talking about like, oh, the, the princess of, I don't know what country speaks two languages already. That's amazing. And there was somebody in the comments saying, well, that's immigrant children. Oh but yeah. Less impressive because they're not white. Yep. So it's true. I mean, I also speak French mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, since I'm not white, it's not as impressive as if I were like white. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. True. Because if I was white, it would be like, oh, my God, you're so smart. But they're like, oh, you know, Spanish. It's easy for you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like, OK. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I, that's so unfortunate. And, and yeah, like you said, like even like our like my niece speaks English and Spanish. She's five. You know what I mean? Like that's like, but no, you know, because, because, uh, because she's not like white, then she's, it's just like, that's expected almost. Right. Yeah. It's expected. Yeah. Like, is it, you should know that already. Wow. So any uh, other things that you want to share before we close out? Um, and then you can share just where people can find you, your website and, and. All oh that. yeah, absolutely. So, one of the things, one of the last things I would like to share is just that um, I feel like we should be more understanding as human beings. Um, the fact that I can do some things doesn't necessarily mean I'm better than you. So, you know, to, I, I would rather leave with a message of unity rather than division. That's, and I think that's, that's key in understanding humans. Mm -hmm. um, so you can find me at my blog it's ronieortiz18.com uh, you can also find me on Instagram ronieoandrade um, I'm always there um, what's I gonna say I don't know shoot me a message uh, maybe once I'm up there in New York we can meet up I know you I live in that. Jersey yeah I'm in Jersey so yeah, I'm, I might be looking for apartments there, too. I mean, I'm trying to figure out everything. Yeah. Kind of fun. So we'll see. I'm well, trying to figure out the commute and everything. <laughs> I'm going to be working. I know I'm going to be working at the Rockefeller Center. Oh, okay. Yeah. At the Del Frisco's there. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, yeah, I, New York is, is uh, just a train away for me, so... Yeah, and you tell me whenever you free time. I'd love to come visit and and have further conversations because I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, so uh, take care. Thank you again for for doing this, and um, yeah. have a good rest of your day. And and I hope everything goes well as well with your mom. This podcast is not investment advice, and I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. All information on here, including any ideas, 
opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentaries, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied are for informational, entertainment, or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. Conduct your own due diligence or consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found on this podcast expressed or implied are committed at your own risk, financial or otherwise.